Welcome back to the show, everybody. Oh, big morning stretch. I'm out in Livingston, Montana right now doing uh, the intro for our dude, Justin Franson, who I just got to record with last week out at the farm. Uh, Justin was introduced to me from my boy Cal, who's been on the podcast. Uh, John Callahan has been on the podcast, host of The Great Unlearn, who's fantastic. Uh, talk about a bit about him on the podcast with Justin. Um, I kind of feel shortchanged <laughs> in the fact that I get to spend an hour and a half with Justin uh, prior to the podcast, really getting a deep dive into his work. And, and truly a total nervous system reset and recalibration. And, and I could feel that and how my body was operating uh, just unlocked. It was pretty fucking rad. And uh, kind of a microdose of him from, from a podcast perspective. I feel like we're playing just the tip in, in, on many topics. We cover a very wide range of topics on this podcast in the hour that we are with each other. Um, wouldn't it change the way we set it up, though? Because... I really needed to experience his medicine to fully understand uh, uh, everything that he's learned and everything that he's pieced together. And it's pretty cool because he's come from a lot of different backgrounds in terms of mentorship and um, people he's learned from to piece together what he has. And uh, unlike most guests, because Cal handed him to me, um, I didn't have a chance to read his book before diving into the podcast with him. So it really did help me to understand everything that he's into via our session together. But I'm very excited to dive into his book because of the fact that that I will be able to unpack more of, of what he's been disseminating and, and really um, putting into alchemy over the last 30 years. And he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he's pretty switched on about all the shit in the world as well. So that, that was cool. Um, just a fantastic dude and, uh, lives out in Laguna, does a lot of free diving, surfing, uh, in his spare time, but, um, a tremendous athlete and he's got 10 years on me and moves and operates like he's 20. So that's really good because as a older retired guy, uh, sports wise, at least, that's something that I want for myself. It's something I don't want to just fucking shrivel away and complain about old injuries the rest of my life. I want to be able to operate and feel my best. I made uh, an intention a couple years ago that I want to be the best athlete that I can right now. It doesn't mean being in fight shape. It doesn't mean uh, trying to make a comeback or any of that kind of shit. I certainly don't want to get punched in the face again, at least not, you know, at a professional level. I do like uh, sparring on occasion with some of the other old old timers like Tim Kennedy and um, just keeping the sword sharp. But I have no intention of getting rocked by a pro in his prime. That's for damn sure. I think uh, <laughs> one, one fight with Glover was enough. Uh, one eight-year span with Kane, DC, and Luke Rockhold was enough. But at the same time, um, I do want to move and operate well. And I can see that in Justin and I could feel it viscerally from the tune-up that I got from him. So he's on to some really cool shit. I think it can help a lot of people, whether you're former pro athlete or not, uh, whether you're out of shape. I mean, in many ways, I'm out of shape for my own standards right now. Pretty much since I went to Soltara, I ate so many fucking carbs <laughs> during ayahuasca. It was the first time I've ever done ayahuasca and actually gained weight. 
and um, and have really, in large part, kept it on since then. I'm I'm hovering about two thirty seven right now, and I like to be about two twenty five. That's my that's my goal weight. So I'll keep chipping away at that, covering dropping the carbs, getting down low. Um, but now I'm just rambling here, staring out my fucking back window. I'm in a yurt right now in Livingston, and I'm surrounded by mountains. I saw, uh, can't tell if I've mentioned this already, but I woke up, and I was walking to the pisser, and I saw an awesome mama cu- or mama fox and two cubs at about 30 yards, and she was looking at me, but she wasn't running. And they were just playing and hovering around. I don't know if they're around their, their den or foxhole or whatever. I don't know shit about foxes. The first time I've ever seen one in my life. They're incredible. And we found fresh bear tracks and all sorts of cool shit out here. So there's a a beautiful river maybe 50 yards behind the yurt that I am quite enticed to get into, but it's moving pretty fucking fast. So I want to be cautious of that. I'm listening to a book right now called Deep Survival that Dr. Romanoff introed me to. Um, let me pull this up. Deep Survival is by Lawrence Gonzalez. And it's a fantastic listen. I've look, I've done a lot of survival books in the last three years. James Wesley Rowles. I've been deep diving a lot of his work. Obviously, my boy Clay Martin. I think Clay Martin's the best at it because he's so fucking funny. And you need that levity. You need <laughs> when you're when you're discussing the end of the world. I think it's really important that there's humor involved because it kind of breaks through it. But Deep Survival from Lawrence Gonzalez is a completely different approach to it. He's looking at, like, why some people can survive harrowing moments and some people don't. The neuroscience, uh, the psychology, he's looking at all of that. And it's a, it's a much different perspective on surviving actually in the moment. Uh, it's not an apocalyptic view of the world or any of that stuff. And um, it's just a whole new angle on what determines someone living through uh, a harrowing experience and what determines someone dying. And it's really fascinating. But looking at that river moving as fast as it is and judging that it's probably pretty fucking cold, uh, I think I'm going to take a buddy with me. <laughs> so, um, but, I, but it is fucking calling me. God damn it, it's calling me. So, anywho... Uh, Enjoy this podcast with Justin Franson. If you're on the outside looking in and you're like, fuck, man, I want to go to Montana. I want to go to Sedona. I want to do all this shit with Fit for Service. Go to fitforservice.com, fill out an application. And we are we have a wait list now, obviously, because we're doing our whole year-long program. Um, get in. And when you get in, sign up. Do the damn thing. Don't hold back. Don't make excuses. Uh, a lot of people get in and they're like, well, you know, I'm not sure. And fucking three months into the thing, they're like, fuck, dude, why don't I do that? And uh, many of our members got in two years ago and then this is, this is the first time I see them, you know, and they're like, yeah, I wish I'd done this before. And I said, no, it's, it's perfect timing. You're right on time. But uh, so it'll be perfect timing if you if you come to us and we'll get to do some cool shit together. But I'm stoked. We've got John Verveke out here, Guy Senstock. We're doing circling work right now, which is some of the deepest dive into how we relate with one another and communicate with one another that I've ever been a part of. Um, and of course, you can, you know, we'll link to, I'll link to John Verveke's work uh, actually in the show notes. Jose, please do. His YouTube channel is fucking phenomenal. I'm just starting to deep dive that. Would love to get Verveke on the podcast, so I'll make a point of that. 
uh, since I'm with him here. And um, he, of course, has been on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. They're going to record another one here while they're here. So definitely check those out. There's a number of ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, share it with somebody who you think is interested. Share it with somebody that you know is interested, that's like into this shit, that's talking about some of the different modalities that Franson covers. That's an easy one. Uh, Leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways the show has helped you out in life. It's not a guessing game. It's not random. The better the... The better the the review, uh, the higher the chance of you winning. But Organifi all year long is going to be giving out my favorite product. Uh, I'll be talking a bit about them in a second, but be sure to check them out uh, and support our sponsors. They make this show absolutely possible. They allow me to take the time necessary to really grind and deep dive. And even though I didn't get through Justin's book before having him on, that is a rarity. Most of the time I am sectioning off quite a bit of my personal time to deep dive the guests that I have on this podcast, and and I think it shows. Um, I, I pride myself on that being one of the difference makers in in what this podcast can deliver versus some of the others out there. And, uh, you know, we've all got our niche. Uh, I like to know the people that I'm podcasting with fairly well inside and out, and that's not always the case, but, uh, the you know, supporting our sponsors absolutely makes it possible for me to take the time necessary to do it. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It is very filling for me. And um, it's something that has not grown stale, you know, for all the years that I've been doing this, six six years now, roughly six years, five years since uh, I took over the On It podcast. And um, yeah, it still lights the fucking fire to learn from awesome people and to get to know them and to deep dive their work. And that uh, it's like ongoing education for me. And that's ongoing education for you. So uh, hopefully I'll see it that way. Uh, support our sponsors. First and foremost, I mean, I've, I've handpicked every single one of these guys. They are incredible. I have my buddy Matt Maruka on the podcast a couple times already. He's a boy genius who's now becoming a young man. He's not a boy anymore. He first started podcasting at 18 years old on light therapy and the potential damages around current light technology and how we mitigate that. And he created a company called Raw Optics, which is just incredible. It's, you know, in my house, I've talked a bit about this in the past and I do on this podcast, we've set up amber bulbs and low low blue light emitting bulbs pretty much all throughout the house. So the second the sun sets, there's no big bright overhead lights on. And that really works because I don't have to throw glasses on my kids or any of that stuff. But when I travel, that seems to be a pretty big difference maker because most places you go to, Airbnb or especially hotels, they don't really have anything that's low blue light emitting. And that's a huge problem if I want to go to bed on time and I want to produce uh, melatonin in a new time zone, I have to mitigate that. So I'm always traveling with my raw optics. They really do the job. And they look fucking phenomenal. Raw Optics made the first premium quality science-based blue light protection glasses. And they still are the only premium blue light glasses on the market today. They have two lens types. Daylight for daytime. That's at the office, at school, the grocery store. And, you know, I used to wonder about daylight stuff because you actually want blue light. But you don't want, like, flashing LED. You don't want a bunch of fluorescence, shit like that. So um, it really helps mitigate a lot of the modern issues that we have with light technology, even though we still want some blue light and we certainly want it from the sun, we want full spectrum light. We don't only want blue light. And at sunset or evening time, that's where the ball game really gets steep in terms of melatonin production and and 
being able to harness a natural cycle of the daily cycle. Check it all out. Uh, Matt Maruka is awesome. I will have him back on the show here. Uh, Maruka learned about how important healthy light was for his own health challenges, but none of the blue light protection glasses on the market blocked the right wavelengths of light. The only ones that blocked the right spectrum were literally safety goggles that no one would wear in public. Um, so he took a deep dive into this, as with many things. Um, you can check out the podcast that we've done, M-A-R-U-C-A. Uh, he's been on several other shows, including the Homie Luke Stories Lifestylist podcast. Um, so you can really dive deep into that. They've recently partnered with Aura, and um, they're finding some really cool shit, like 20% jump in HRV. Um, sleep scores have never been higher. So if you're into that, run the test yourself. Run the N equals 1 yourself with some raw optics. Go to rawoptics.com. That's R-A-O-P-T-I-C-S.com, and use code KKP for 10% off everything in their store. Rawoptics.com, KKP at checkout for 10% off. We're also brought to you by the homies at Organifi, organifi.com slash KKP. It's been a minute since I've had Drew Canoli, one of the co-founders on this podcast. We're going to do a podcast swap. He's getting some demand for me back on, and I most certainly want to have him back on. Uh, Drew has has completely shifted his life. Instead of being the high-rolling, rock-and-roll fucking CEO that's flying PJs and uh, drinking and um, chasing tail, he's now shifted his life to homesteading and I believe he's a father to be and just fucking settled down and doing some really cool shit that's that's very in line with uh where I'm at in the world. And it's cool because he's done the he's done the full trajectory. You know, um Paul Check often talks about how you know, people, young people in their twenties, you know, they they listen to Sadhguru or some of these old old sages and, and uh, if you want to call them that and you know they'll talk about asceticism and sperm retention and all this shit and he's like all these guys fucked their brains out you know they did that in their 20s their 30s their 40s and then when they were full of it then they started with sperm retention then they started relaxing and actually going within they ran the course you know and, and drew cannoli ran the fucking course so i'm stoked to, to have him on the podcast um, they have a fantastic product that I want to talk about in partnership with my buddies at Mind Pump Media. It's called Peak Power. And it's it's really a uh, a jack-of-all-trades for a product. It's made for focus, performance, and hydration. Uh, it tastes incredible. It's got some bacopa in it, which is really good uh, for the brain as a nootropic. There's a little bit of caffeine in it. There's some lion's mane. Uh, the caffeine comes from guayasa leaf and... Um, green tea leaf. It's got a bit of prebiotic fiber and a bit of salt and aloe leaf and ginger root. And just, it does a whole host of things um, that make it great as a pre-workout, pre-podcast. Um, anytime you need to level up a notch, it's a, it's a nice small little bump, hundred megs of caffeine total, but it really tunes you in. And, uh, and like I said, it tastes phenomenal. So check it out. Uh, peak power at Organifi dot com slash kkp and remember to use kkp at checkout for 20 percent off that's o-r-g-a-n-i-f-i dot com slash kkp and this stacks incredibly well with the organifi red if you really want to get a good pump and increase nitric nitric oxide blood flow to the brain to the penis to wherever you want it to the vulva to anything in between <laughs> if, if you're if you're on the fence 
this will increase blood flow and oxygenation and nutrient density throughout the body and kick in peak power that much stronger. Uh, that's my one-two punch before anything that's physically demanding. Check it all out at Organifi.com slash KKP. We're also brought to you today by my homies at PaleoValley.com. Absolutely love these guys. I want to talk about their bone broth protein, which has become a staple in our house. We run through bags of this shit faster than pretty much any other supplement, and the reason is my entire family loves it. The kids love it. Uh, we mix it with this phenomenal raw milk that we get from Strick Farms in Schulenburg, Texas, and uh, it's a uh, A2A2 Jersey cow, 100% raw, just the best, the best, and we will warm that slowly and just get it nice and warm, and we blend it with a little hand whisker, and it, it's really the best hot chocolate on the planet, not just in flavor, which is the most important thing for kids, but also in the nutrient density. The bone broth protein is not processed with high heat, which can denature and coagulate the protein, making it harder for the body to absorb and use. It's not extracted with harmful chemicals, 100% grass-fed and finished. Their cows are guaranteed to have never been fed grains. And the cows are never given antibiotics, steroids, or hormones. This is the best in regenerative agriculture. Um, they're made from bones, not hides. This is so important when it comes to bone broth. Most companies use the hides because it is cheaper. When collagen is sourced from animal skin, we miss out on all the extra nutrients and restorative benefits of the bones that you'll find in this bone broth protein. As we stated, no pesticides whatsoever. The cows are grazed on pastures free of pesticides, and they verify with third-party lab tests for over 40 different pesticides and herbicides. It's 100% pure. There's no fillers or flow agents, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and non-GMO. And uh, they have a flavor-free version, which is phenomenal, but I love the chocolate. It is just incredible, and that's what the kids love. So check this all out at paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com, and use code KYLE, that's K-Y-L-E, for 15% off everything in the store. Last but not least, we've got my homies from Buy Optimizers at magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo. That is M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash K-I-N-G-S-B-U. Magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo. Uh, magnesium is by far one of the most important and critical nutrients that's missing from our diet. We've, we've spoken time after time uh, with different people on this podcast about what's happened to our soil, the degradation of it, uh, the loss of nutrients in it. And I'm, I'm fairly certain we've lost at least 60 to 80% of the magnesium that's found in the soil over the last, I mean, you stretch it long enough, uh, both of those numbers will apply. And what that means is we're just not getting enough of it in our food. And it's almost impossible to do that unless you're eating pounds and pounds of cacao. And of course, cacao is going to have less magnesium than it used to, just simply due to the, the nature of, of where we're at in the world today. Um, and it's also, you got a lot of fiber there, and fuck, man, I love cacao, but I'll be farting and shitting like a madman if I try to get all my magnesium from cacao. What's great about Magnesium Breakthrough is they use seven different forms, key forms of magnesium that work on the different systems in the body, the different organs in the body, and there's preferences within the body for these different forms of magnesium. So I know that I'm checking each box when I use Magnesium Breakthrough. Many of you will recognize if you take a whopper of magnesium citrate that you get disaster pants or you got to shit like crazy immediately. Like, hey, you have it at night, 
he had dinner a few hours ago. You're getting ready for bed, and oh, all of a sudden, I didn't have to shit, but now I got to get up in the middle of the night and go blow it out. That's not a good feeling, and your body is not absorbing most of that. Your body is shitting it out. So when you take magnesium breakthrough, what you'll notice is that even though it's going to help you have a proper movement in the morning, you're not going to be running in between in the middle of the night to go to go uh, take care of that job because of the fact that your body is utilizing it, it's taking it in, it's actually absorbing it, and it's responsible for so much. You know, we talk about epigenetic on-off switches in the body, what happens through lifestyle changes, and magnesium plays a critical role in our ability for those lifestyle changes to actually matter. It plays a phenomenal role in helping keeping the circadian rhythm there. It can help lower stress and cortisol. It does so much for us that, you know, to think of it as a supplement, I mean, it's just, it's a mandatory thing. It's like D3, and they talk about D3 as uh, more of a hormone, acting like more of a hormone than a vitamin. And uh, I throw magnesium in that category. It's not hormone-like by nature, but the, the fact that it does so much for us really puts it in a category of its own when we're talking about minerals. So check it all out, magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo. Again, you can one-click that in the show notes, so don't worry about all that. Uh, the long lettering there. And then use code KINGSBOO, all caps, K-I-N-G-S-B-U, for 10% off any order that includes all of their other magnificent products like Masszymes and Capex. Uh, when I go into ketogenic state, I want Capex on hand. It's going to mobilize fat. Don't miss out on the most relaxing sleep ever with Magnesium Breakthrough. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash KINGSBOO and use promo KINGSBOO, all caps, during checkout to save 10% without further ado, my brother, Justin Franson. Justin Franson, welcome to the podcast, brother. Kyle, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Oh, this is so good. I was just saying beforehand how, uh, how much I love our brother, uh, Cal, John Callahan, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of introducing him to some amazing people, and, and he's done the same. Every time he's introduced me to somebody, I'm like, fucking all ears, let's go. Let's go. Cal is the man. Yeah, Cal's incredible. So he was having you on his podcast, uh, The Great Unlearn, which I highly recommend people listen to. It's phenomenal. One of my favorite all-time, I'll link to it in the show notes, is a podcast he did not so long ago with Bill Bigtree. That was just awesome because it really speaks to the victories that have happened over the last few years that Dell's been been diving into uh, pretty quietly, unfortunately. But that that those wins are happening, and, and Cal had just a fucking beautiful podcast with him. So I'll link to that so that way you guys can have something to chew on from the Great Unlearn. Thank you to our brother Cal for introing us because this has been incredible. We spent the last hour and a half diving deep into the body, and uh, you know my show has a typical arc of. What was life like growing up, and how did you become the person that you are today? So let's start there, and then we'll, we'll continue to dive into some of the stuff that we just got into. Right on. Well, I was an athlete growing up, two sport, four-year varsity in high school. That was about as far as I got. I got injured and couldn't play tennis at the next level. Uh, so tennis was your love, not basketball. Tennis. I got into basketball when I, my wrist gave out playing tennis, and I just fell in love with it. So after, through basically 20 to 40-ish, Started balling it up. So, damn, that's crazy. You got into basketball then. You played, I'm sure, when you were younger. But that, but tennis was the main one. Tennis was the main one. Wanted to make athletes better athletes. Wanted to help people get to that D1 or pro status that I should have been at. That I felt I should have, but I just got hurt. 
And so got into athleticism, found an incredible mentor, Dean Brittenham, started the Shiley Elite Athleticism Program at uh, Shiley Pavilion Scripps Clinic. And he was making athletes better athletes, doing stuff no one was doing. It was during the era that Paul Check was working with some pro golfers and such. And so the two of us were the ones, and Egoscu had a stretching, Check had his muscle rehab, we had our speed drills, strength drills, coordination, ambidexterity stuff. We had David Wack, the founder of the Bosu Ball, in there, Steve Cotter, kettlebells. So we're bringing in stuff that no one had seen. Dean's going, yeah, this is what you do, David Weck, with your ball. Let me show you what to do with it. <laughs> and David's like, this is insane. And so then it got into every NBA you know, training facility, and, and now it's in pretty much every gym to speak of right now. So we had a fun roll-up with athleticism. So you guys were working on a lot of the eye stuff, like with uh, throwing the balls and, and catching that hand-eye coordination and things like that. When I was 17, I went to the Rikus Center in Menlo Park, and uh, they were fucking next-level, state-of-the-art. They shaved, like, three-tenths off my 40. They did a bunch of shit for me that was really cool. Um, but that's one of the things that they were doing. I was watching other athletes do that, and I wasn't in fighting yet. It was just football, and as a D lineman, it wasn't that necessary that I spend the short amount of time that I have there working with them on those drills. But I was looking at that, and I was like, that's fucking rad. And then I, I remember watching, I think it was Tyrone Woodley or um, one of the champs come through AKA that wasn't there all the time, but I was watching them do those drills and I was like, this shit looks really cool. And it seemed a hell of a lot more on point, you know, as a fighter, as necessary, as something that's absolutely necessary. I didn't get a chance to read your book, but I did glance through it and see some of the topics and that was in there. So I was like, oh, interesting. And obviously with what we have just uh, done here together, I can see the importance of that. So I wanna dive into that. Um, it's funny how just I'm thinking of, I always think of parallels when I'm sitting across from somebody like the the me not getting to play after college football was the 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 light that lit the fire for me to get into fighting because I didn't feel like I was done yet you know and I felt like I got robbed even though the guys that played ahead of me at ASU were infinitely better than me um I, it sucked going from like the best player, one of the best players on the team to now sitting on the bench being a cheerleader my last two years after walking on and making it there. And, uh, and that, that was a driving factor. And I see that parallel, like when, when an injury happens or when something cuts you short and then it's like that fucking chip on your shoulder weighs heavier and heavier, the burning desire to learn more and to help others grows. So that's really cool. Definitely. And it's all out of the box approaches. So we were going after eye speed programs and nerve programs and stretching and we were doing ambidexterity. We were teaching people how to juggle while they're standing on a BOSU ball, while they're doing math equations. So we were doing stacking the nervous system at a high level. And then all of our coordination drills were to stack the system. And Cal went through some too. It was very fun. We, we got to open him up and his son up. And it's the most simple stuff. But when you do it the way we do it in semicircles and figure eights, you're connecting to that infinite flow of the universe. And so if I would have had that program back when, when I was playing, and I found it after, unfortunately, I would have kept playing. And so that was, that was the impetus. And from that, I've been able to now see the next uh, challenge that we're facing that is a stressor on the athletes, which is the EMF. I saw guys wearing wearable technology breaking down from EMF. And so that's what got us into the grounding bags and the whole EMF space. Yeah, it's a big one. It's something that, that like, I think for the most part, a lot of people 
how do I put this? There's kind of two ends of the spectrum. There's like the, the Ben Greenfields, the elites that are like fucking, hey, this is a serious topic. You know, you read a book like um, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. Fucking mind-blowing and absolutely undeniable at that point what you're seeing. And also the fact that what he'll allude to is, you know, I think, I think uh, is it telecoms is like the second leading uh, lobbyist you know, year after year, right? So, like, if something were to come to fruition or some come to the surface from a scientific standpoint, would that get swept under the rug? Yeah, and he fucking points to all those studies, right? He lays it fucking out there for you, like, why you haven't heard about this? Or, or it becomes, you know, wear your tinfoil hat, if you think of it in that way. But, but the ends of the spectrum are the elite-level athletes who know about it, like Greenfield, who's a geek, for lack of a better term, the best kind of geek, because he really wants to find this shit out for himself and relay that to us, um... And then there's people who really get sick, who get fucked up from it. And then, you know, everything in Western medicine can't dial in what's happening. And then they figure out, holy shit, I probably shouldn't be sleeping next to my Wi-Fi router. And uh, maybe I shouldn't be working in this office building. Or maybe I should use some technology that can help me to alleviate some of these things because it seems to be the only thing that works. And there's a vast fucking giant amount of people in between that are like, what's an EMF? Right, and then there's even pro athletes too. You know, like a lot of my teammates. You know, Daniel Cormier eating Popeye's chicken. You know, like that just don't get it, and and maybe aren't affected as much as other people just due to genetics or lifestyle habits or anything else for that matter. But yeah, it's it it is a topic of concern, especially if it's not yet. It will be. You know, it's kind of like uh, Bill Gates when he says, "If you aren't paying attention during the first pandemic, you will be in the next one." You know, and it's like, how do you know that? Hey, <laughs> but but uh, but back to the EMF topic. If you're not paying attention now, you most certainly will be when there's 6G, 7G, 10G. We already have 6G uh, Wi-Fi routers. Um, and, you know, we're about to have, I, I forget the number, but some insane amount of satellites, you know, up in orbit. And they're actually competing to see who gets which territory. Guys like Elon Musk with Starlink and uh, Gates and, and, and many different people. And, and this isn't just a, you know, holy shit, this is going to happen. It's like, well, you, we know it's going to happen. They're going to send up that. And it will have an effect on us as energetic beings, as proven by the body electric and fucking several other, other things we could dive into. So it is, a, it is something we need to pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, let's break it down. Really simple. I always like to ask everyone, what's your environment? And there's a disconnect between people understanding that our air is our environment, unless it's polluted and you're in L.A. and you can see how polluted it is. But there's this thing called waves and particles that travel through this air or plasma that are the invisible stressor. That's the invisible environment that we're dealing with that chips away at our life force. And no matter what age you are, it's definitely the number one stressor on the body right now. And if someone's RH negative, they're going to be more resilient for it. I'm not, so I can feel that stuff. Yeah, so you, so you, you drive from the athletic standpoint, and um, that leads you to nervous system work, right, which, which it will include light therapy and a lot of what you're talking about with with uh, movements, you know, patterns. And, and for, for those that are just listening, you know, figure eight, semicircle, things like that make more sense when you, when you see it. Uh, but it's eye tracking. It's tying these things back to the body. And it's done in a way I don't think that, that many people grasp. You know, talk about, you know, as you're, as you're unpacking this stuff and learning from the different masters in these different fields and piecing it all together, what that actually looked like, you know, on yourself, on other people, um, I think it's hard, like, if I described what we just did together for the last hour and a half, 
it, I don't think it'd be something that people could grasp without seeing it or feeling it. Yeah, so athleticism.com is where I started 25 years ago, and we started adding bits and pieces. So John Imes, primal reflex release technique. He's an amazing physical therapist, probably just genius. You can reciprocally inhibit a pain reflex. So I was doing reflex work you know, 25 years ago with him, which is unbelievable. And when your body, what we were talking about the reflexes of your body, your body have certain primal reflexes. When you shrug your shoulders, you say, I don't know. There's just simple, simple reflexes of the body. You can reciprocally inhibit them. So a great example is pretty funny one. My brother got rear-ended and his back was bugging him. And the reflex for rear-ending is arc back, open your eyes and breathe in. You get hit in the stomach, it's the complete opposite. So to reciprocally inhibit it, I had to karate chop him in the stomach. <laughs> and, you know, it's my older brother, so I had to give him a little extra mustard on it. And he was, and I'm like, okay, you ready? Close your eyes, because you can't see it coming. And I gave him a nice thud, and he's like, oh. And at first, he starts dropping F-bombs. And then he's like, oh, shit, thank you. I feel great. And it, it was reciprocally inhibiting his work. And that was what this work is all about. And then... We started going into Dr. Toby Watkinson's nerve connections. This guy's out of San Diego. He's 80-some years of age, still in practice. But he taught me how to connect the nerves. So we started firing nerves. And now we can reset them so they're out of pain. Now we can refire them. We're using these active isolated stretching techniques from Aaron Mattis to get blood flow oxygen nutrients, open up the layers of the fascia, warm the temperature up properly, and we're putting this all together. And then we go into the sensory nerves, all the cranial nerves for the body. So you have motor and, and, and these nervous systems connected. And when we start to do the cranial nerves, it's all your REM patterns. So we have a whole pattern for treating concussions, but then in addition to it, it's awesome for fine motor skills for athletes. And <clears throat> Dr. Darren Weissman, he started a system called the Lifeline Technique. In his flow chart, he has an area where there's electromagnetic fields. And it's either waves or particles or particles or waves are disrupted from it. So that's why in The Invisible Rainbow, Arthur Furstenberg talks about the flu is a flu until we introduced electricity in the homes. And before that, it was from cosmic shifts. People would get a sick and adapt. And they called it the flu because it would fly in and then fly out with pressure shifts, atmospheric pressure or cosmic shifts. But that was the change in our atmosphere. So when I started working with these guys, I'm going, okay, how do we roll all this cool stuff in? But then the easiest way to get someone better is to clear the stressor out. So... Get rid of the stressor, and here we go. Yeah, that's a big, that, that applies to so many things in life, including diet, which was like such a big piece for me in starting to rabbit hole health and wellness, human optimization, longevity, all those things, right? It's, a, it's not the supplement that you need to add as much as it is the crap in your pantry you need to get rid of, right? Like, like oh, stop, yeah. stop putting the poison in, let's start there, and then let's work with something else. And stop putting the so poison in simple. actually applies to our environment, it, it applies to many things. That's right. It's all the environment. Your environment can kill you. Your environment can allow you to thrive. 
Like it's everything. That is the single biggest thing. And it's that coherence we have with it. So we have these microsystems that all have this interconnection. They all have their interplay and their balance in our living, collective, intelligent matrix of a universe, this universal consciousness. It's all through scalar waves. Kyle, this is how, these are the framework of every living resonance in our entire universe. They are through waveforms that are unpolarized. Wow. So that's kind of like, that, that reminds me of Ibrahim's, you know, BG3, the centering energy that came from the beginning, right? There had to be zero a point. point. Yeah. There had to be a point, the zero point or the singularity mm-hmm. where something was unified, a unified field energy, right? Not a unified theory of it, but just understanding like it does exist because all of it exists in tandem, right? And can we draw from that? That, oh. that, that, yeah, that absolutely has resonance. For sure. Well, think about it. Our air is plasma, ether. These waves and particles travel through it. And that's why we can make a phone call across the world you know, in a split second. You get a code to access your bank account, secondary code, then a split second. You're, if, it, if it's less than two seconds, you're like, where's my code? Where's my code? I mean, that's how quickly these bandwidths travel. So when you're broadcasting a frequency that's a one-directional waveform that's 10 zeros faster than how we sleep, rev, and optimize, that's disruptive for our body. Yeah, similar to like, like uh, as you're speaking about this, we had Matt Maruka on the podcast several times. Uh, boy genius, you know, he was, he was going on podcasts at 18, 19 years old, breaking down uh, a lot of Jack Cruz's work and, and many others on, on light frequency and how disruptive it can be that we have, you know, these really harsh blue lights on post-sunset, you know, and like that, a lot of people are hip to that now, whether they wear blue blockers or not, but just hopefully we've all at least understood maybe we have some low-emitting blue light bulbs that we can turn on at night. That's been the case for us, uh, you know, probably since Bear was born, we're looking for amber bulbs and things like that. So when it's dark outside, the only thing that's on is going to be one of those bulbs. We're not turning on bright LEDs and shit like that. For a long time, we rented homes we didn't have adjustable lights. And even with that, that's still emitting a, a small amount of blue light. But um, it had to be those. So we just got in the habit of that, you know, and, and we got in the habit of that. So that way we would be able to switch on our natural production of melatonin. But that's still, we're still talking frequency at that point, right? right. And if we think ancestrally and we try to mirror, you know, how, how our ancestors lived to a certain degree, right? Like, obviously, we have some, some miracles of modern science and technology we can lean on and enjoy. But at the same time, we didn't have the bright blue light after the sun went down. And so if we can mimic that, then we stay in harmony with, with what our natural circadian rhythm wants. And I think what you're speaking to is, is, is similarly, if we had a natural Schumann resonance that our body was a, a used to feeling the pulse and that pulse is, is at its own, you know, uh, its own volume, its own intensity. And then now all of a sudden we've got much higher intensity, much higher volume, of things that are that are much more acute and now seemingly everywhere, that's going to have its own effect on us. Yeah, definitely, because it disrupts our coherence in our bodies. And these light waves, I mean, we're a holograph of light, and we're all interconnected. And literally, our chakras are the same sequence and color order of a rainbow. So we're literally one with the universe. So when you're broadcasting something that's affecting your chi, your life force, which it's the chi first, chemistry second, as Bruce Lipton will talk about. You have to have the energy to create it. So when you're chipping away at your biofield, 
that's a big stressor on the body. So that's what this stuff does. They're one directional. They're 10 zeros faster than how we're designed to sleep, rev, and optimize. So I'll get in the brainwave states. And then they're a polarizing charge for us. Let's talk about brainwave states. You know, when I was on it, I first started diving into um, binaural beats, different things like that. You know, a lot of talk was out around uh, alpha wave states, flow states, and theta waves, deeper meditation, and then uh, delta waves, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, oh my, drawing a blank on his name. Porter. Uh, no, become, uh, becoming supernatural. Joe Dispenza. So uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza really starts diving into that, like with, through his meditation techniques and diving in, like where can we get to a delta state that's going to produce high gamma, right? Where yeah. we can really tap into deeper states of altered consciousness, and and that might be where the magic sauce lies in manifesting and calling things in. Um, and that's his work, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm on the tip of the iceberg with it. But um, as I started diving into that, it made a lot of sense. And then, you know, I started getting you know, the brainwave mapped and things like that. And it's like, well, you're you're high beta and you've got theta, but you're, you don't have much in between, you know. So we started working to create more in between. Um, I think people might be familiar with those terms, but they're not necessarily familiar with with what they equate to in each state and how we can optimize them. So, so break that down for us because I think this is, this is super important. When we think of like the nature of, of our experience in the 3D world, a lot of that's dictated by how our antenna is set up, you know, how, how our, our, our human instrument is aligned or, or unaligned. Yeah. Well, Kyle, this is a big topic because we're talking about the speed of a wave, and that's how we measure electricity. That's how they're measuring our brainwave states. When you're in that alpha brainwave state and you're in the flow and no one can touch you, you're just dominating in your sport, that is a brainwave state about 8 to 13 hertz or waves per second. When you're in a delta state, you're, you're in a deep delta of the theta, you're sleeping. Delta is one or below one to four hertz or waves per second. So I break it down in waves per second so everyone can really grasp this concept. Theta is four to eight. That's when you create and manifest and really start to hone in on those creative juices. And so th these, these brilliant minds of old would drop something to wake up in theta and start to create. Uh, during that state because they wanted to get into that brainwave state. And if you're beta, you're just higher than that. You're just over the alpha state. So that's really common because you could take yourself into a theta through your meditation, but you're revving in beta, so you're, little, you're, you're out of the flow for, for alpha. And that's what our whole program has been based on is getting people more consistent with the infinite flow of the universe for the state that they want to be in at that time. And it's powerful. We rev really one with the Schumann resonance. That's 7.83 hertz or waves per second. Now, the challenge with this EMF stuff is it's destructuring water at 2.45 billion waves per second. It's an oxidative stress of a one-directional waveform. 5G, 60 to 90 billion waves per second. And we're supposed to be one to eight, and the Earth's almost eight? Like, what is going on here? This is why it's the number one stressor, because we have 200 years of research, thanks to Arthur Furstenberg, with the invisible rainbow, of direct correlations of stressors when we're rolling out different stuff. 
obviously radio waves, you know, 1918, and then all the way up to 5G, a lot of people got sick because their bodies are adapting to that. That's their adaptation process at work. Yeah, it's a uh, think of it like a purge, right? Right. Uh, I just just got back from Sultara, you know, and I feel like ayahuasca has a unique ability to squeeze and wring me out like a like a rag, you know, like it's gonna wring out every cell and just squeeze, and that 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 works differently in each experience. But um, that is the process of detoxification. It run the fever, don't inhibit the fever. The fever is the medicine your body's demanding, and and with that, I'm gonna come out on the other side of it better. Oh, yeah. That's what it needs. You have these healing crises when your body's adapting. We're built on viruses, fungus, and bacteria. Dr. Zach Bush will say to the tune of 10 to the 31 viruses in us and around us at all times, we wouldn't be here without viruses. There's nothing flying around to kill anyone. It's a dead protein that we're producing. It's self-limiting by nature. It's not meant to kill the host. And we, same as fungus and bacteria, you guys. These are our adaptation systems at play. And Tom Cowan, MD, and the list goes on. Andrew Kaufman, literally, they've never isolated a dead protein and said it's the cause of disease in the body. But it makes a lot of sense when you say, oh, someone pollutes the ocean that the dolphins get sick. Well, why doesn't it make sense that someone pollutes our air and we get sick too? It's environmental challenges. Yeah, Thomas Cowan used that that exact analogy when he was on the podcast. He said, if a dolphin gets sick and the next day all the, the whole pot of dolphins get sick, no one said, what did that first dolphin give to the other 12 dolphins? They say, what's in the water? Exactly. And his video went viral. He had millions of views. And I, he, he, I was, I think, his eighth interview on his podcast a, a few years ago, and we were talking about this. this is, he's our huge reseller of our grounding bags because he understands that no one can ground us better than mother nature. She has all the answers. We already are designed to perfection. So shots and masks and all this nonsense isn't an enhancer. It's a fear-driven mode. But the frequency, the healing pulse of the earth, that's where we can start to heal. When you can recharge your polarity in your body, and we'll get to that in a second, that's when everything starts to come into play for you. Hell yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, we, have you read the Kabbalion? I haven't. Okay, it's, uh, you'd fucking love it. It's the seven hermetic principles. One of the things they talk about is that all things have masculine and feminine. It's the law, the principle of polarity, right? And so we have a negative and a positive, and that is the thing that drives the toroidal field right, of exactly. our energy center, of the Earth's energy center, of the, co- you know, the galaxy's energy center and beyond, right? Likely yeah. infinitely up, infinitely small. Um, so when you're talking about the the, uh, polarity here as as bringing things back into a more unified field. Um, talk a bit about that because we, are we removing polarity? Are we still keeping this? Are we just coming into right relation with this so we're not yeah. carrying too many electrons? Like explain, break that down a little bit. For yeah, me. so that toroidal field, it, the waveform are scalar waves. So that's the framework of it. And so what I found clinically with our with our athletes is eyes, the teeth, the thymus, your upper chest, lower neck, and your intestine area, below your belly button, four primary areas that get decharged from EMF. Eyes are really sensitive, but they heal quickly. So especially when I'm at a convention, all the white lights, I'm muscle testing everyone. Most everybody, their eyes are blown out from the shitty lighting. It's like, it's clockwork. So 
we tap on the bag, cover the eyes, and that'll recharge them just right there. Same with the teeth. The teeth will get small fractures. We want to get that polarity back so it has that positive negative charge. Same with the thymus. That's your electrical system for your body. If you're, you're off your energy, you're not fully on, it's your thymus. If you have afternoon fatigue, you don't wake up on your money, your thymus is a challenge. So tap on the bag, recharge it, and then intestine area as well. Eileen McCusick, awesome system. I've, I geek out on people that have created systems. You know, we have our athleticism. I'm stoked on that. Dr. Darren Weissman has Lifeline. Eileen McCusick has hers. All these people have these great systems. Now, her system is through sound and through healing your biofield. And she talks about the body being a body battery and how we get a negative charge from below and we pull those electrons to recharge our body battery. We get a positive charge from the unpolarized light of the sun distributing equally in every direction. We breathe in the minerals and then hopefully we get it from our food and we know you're gonna get it here on your farm from the food. And then... We're drinking that water for the conductivity of it all. That's really the essence of how our body battery works. When that coherence is out of play and any one of those parts are off, it can even be uh, mental emotional, then there is a disruption in that energy flow. So my job working as a performance coach is to make sure all those systems are on go before you step on your play of field. And... That's that coherence, that one with the universe that we connected. And we do it within the energy fields of the body. And we do it within the energy fields of the universe. And we train in those energy fields as well. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, brother. And, and it's funny because I think, I don't know if anybody's listening to this and it's like, well, the book's athleticism and you're talking about like high-end athletes and shit like that. And you're talking to a guy who used to be a pro athlete. I'm, I'm not even a fucking quarter of what I used to be athletically. And yet I still consider myself an athlete because I want to be, right? I, will, I like training with weights. I like doing yoga. I like being on the mats. I like going to boxing once a week. I like all these things because they bring me joy and there's a certain field of that. I like running or jogging. I guess it'd be jogging pace compared to my wife. Uh, those things make me happy, right? They're, they're a release, they're uh, a gift. And if I do them correctly, they leave me with more energy than when I started. Right, and, and just for those things, I want to optimize just to be able to do that stuff. Not because it's like it's good for me or it helps me look a certain way aesthetically. Like that's all a side effect of getting the feel of the thing that I enjoy doing. You want to be in flow state. And we were talking before, you said you're a better boxer now than you were when you were competing. So, Absolutely. So that's the flow state because you're training, you're doing the work, you're putting in the work to get your brainwave states in those states. And now you're in the flow state. And that's... That's what we want to. And it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still find it. And I know when I'm out of it and when I'm in it. And the more times I use the vibe sound bed a lot. I love Patrick Porter's you know, brain tap. All these systems, light, sound, frequency, vibration to help facilitate getting in. You know, there are little cheats. You should be breathing on your own. And, and I do lots of Tai Chi every day and I'm grounding and, and I do Ketsugo, Peter Friedman's method. I'm doing stuff to talk to my nervous system, to develop coordination, to help facilitate getting me there. I'm doing the fascia work from Gary Lineham, Human Garage. I'm doing the stuff that is 
the best in the business and then optimizing my hormones and my sleep and making sure I'm at one with this universe and keeping my brain in that brainwave state whenever I play. And when you do that, those chinks in the armor, they're just going to be chinks. They're not going to be knockout punches. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You've, you've obviously, you know, we're in a different place than a lot of people listening to this and that we make our own schedules and, you know, you're, you're spending time out on, the, out on the water or surfing and things like that. And we still got responsibilities. We still got businesses to run and, and we still have kids to parent and things like that. So it's not like it's all, it's all play and doing whatever the fuck we want. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who are busting their ass, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. Um, maybe, you know, thanks to the COVID nonsense, you're able to work from home part of the day and things like that. But for people like that, that have, um, a shorter duration of free time for themselves, what's the starting place for people? I mean, break that down. You know, if if you're diving into something as deep as your book and, and you're really trying to unpack of all these, these, uh, different tools and utilities that we can access to improve ourselves, where's the starting place for most people? Awareness. Get connected above, get grounded below. Have that awareness of what feeds you. Know how you feel. So if you know that you feel crappy having this food, just limit it to start with. So take the stressors out of your world, whether it's EMF, understand your environment. If the router's underneath your desk and you, you feel like crap all the time, Move the router, like get, get the router out of your space. You definitely want to have buffers between this. The further the stressors away from you, the better. So I look at environment, like what are you putting in your system? Make sure it's clean, chemical-free body. Great website, by the way. And literally clear the stuff that you're putting in your body, good clean water, and then clear the EMFs and get outside and get in nature. It's all free. Go out in nature. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Those, those, it, it, it's amazing to me, you know, at this point where I, I, th- I seem to think of these things as low-hanging fruit, and then at the same time, I still meet people who will fill up water from the sink. Oh. And I'm like, uh, what are we doing? That's, like a, that's what, that, fluoride. <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, why, why, why yeah. well, come on, surely we know better than that. Graphene, you know? yeah. chlorine, and so, <laughs> prescription meds, all the, all the things, right? Um, so yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, something that can be overstated just due to the fact that we're all coming from a different place, starting with what we have and what we know. Um, and those seem to be the, you know, I, I watched Noguera, you know, getting into jiu-jitsu. And I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but when Noguera was my coach in The Ultimate Fighter, I was a white belt, and I was able to draw only as much as I understood from him, which was very little at the time. Like, he was, he was phenomenal, and he's a buddy. Um, but had I been a black belt, I would have learned so much more from him because of that, right? One of the things that, that really stuck out to me, even as a white belt, was I watched him drill guillotines uh, with Daniel Valverde and another black belt for an hour straight. And I was like... You guys are just doing the same move. Like, it's a good move, but, like, why aren't you doing anything else? And he's like, basics, basics, basics. Basics win, right? And it was always knowing that. Like, this is one move that I'm going to find myself in. How do I get out? And this is one move that I can put on people anytime they're going to take me down that can win the fight, right? But it was just really instilling the basics. And it's an easy thing to jump away from that and think of the next gadget or gizmo as opposed to just, like, you know, having the habit really instilled 
of going outside every day. And that's one that'll slip from me, like as if I get a super busy fucking week, that kind of thing, and it, thankfully I have a wife, it's like, hey, the dog needs to be walked, and it's like, oh shit, all right, cool. Let me kick off my shoes and go take my dog for a walk, you know, and just be outside. And that, that in and of itself, I mean, Mark Bell, the, the uh, meathead, you know, who's, who's fucking awesome, uh, has been on this podcast a few times, and, and he was really big on hyping 10-minute walks, you know, just do it oh, twice yeah. a day. And it's like, yeah, 10 minutes, you can do fucking 10 minutes twice a day. You absolutely can, and I can too, right? And then from that, like, I feel differently. It shifts the neurochemistry. It shifts my energetic field. It shifts so much just from grounding for 10 minutes and walking around outside, getting in tune with my environment, seeing where the sun is. Is it raining? I went for a walk before this podcast, and there was a nice drizzle going the whole time, and it felt a little chilly. And my body was taking in all the information of the environment while I was feeling the chilliness of the, of the rain. You know, yeah. that's an important piece to have. I, I love it. And what I'm doing a lot is free diving. I surf. I'm a huge waterman. I live in Laguna Beach, California, and I'm always in the water. And we're doing cold water therapy. We're doing free dives for, it was 60 degrees. We're in for an hour on Sunday. And then last week it was 55. We're in for a half hour. No wetsuit. Taking in the in all the senses, all the feels, it's survival instincts to the 10th degree, and, and a lot of people maybe don't have access or aren't comfortable in the water, don't have that capability. Take your body out of your comfort zone and put it somewhere else. You'll get into a parasympathetic rest and digest mode. You'll be out of the fight or flight sympathetic mode, and you'll feel amazing. Start to sweat. You know, get that body moving. Those are the pillars for health that will keep you healthy. And now we have great stories. I'll show you some pictures. Like, it's just, it's phenomenal. And I, I, I have to drop the word unlearn because it's one of my favorite words, but you're literally unlearning what you've been taught. And once you do, there's a whole new world of information for you and sensory overload that you'll just freak out on. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, is, it has been a mind-blowing trek to really dive deep into unpacking all the bullshit. And even, it, I, it still happens for me, and I just kind of crack up. I, had a, I went to a, a really great running seminar with Dr. Romanoff, uh, inventor of the pose method. You know, and it was, just, it, it was just shitting on everything that I'd been taught about running and breaking down slow-motion video of us and the slow-motion video of Usain Bolt and just showing like this, this technique that, that brings us all together on that. You get, I'll link to that in the show notes, his website, if you want to understand a bit of his technique and what he's talking about. But I bring that up because it's, it's just one more thing, you know, one more thing to unlearn, one more thing to have my mind blown about, and then one more thing that actually has real application, you know, like to where, I, you know, like right when you do it, you're like, holy shit, I feel different. You know, the second, the first time you do sauna ice bath, you know, and you come out of that, you're like, oh, I'm, I am viscerally different right now. I can feel everything. I can feel it all. And in that experience, I feel high from it, yeah. right? And your testosterone, like, look at this stuff. EMFs are an oxidative stress. They mess with your hormones. Dr. Martin Paul talks about the voltage-gated calcium channels opening up, positive calcium goes into negative cell, tremendous cell and DNA damage is the secondary effect. That's from the vibration, whether it's low-level milligoss at 50 to 60 waves per second or, you know, wireless stuff in the billions of waves per second. This stuff is a stressor on the body. So if you're messing with your hormones, you're calcifying your pineal gland so you're not sleeping at night, your brain tries to figure out 
what's pinging it. So you have your Wi-Fi and your phone on next to your bed. Your brain's at sleep in it below eight waves per second. This thing's at 2.45 billion. And then your brain's like, what's tapping me on the shoulder all night long? You wake up, you have to go to the bathroom. You don't get back into that deep restorative sleep. And so that's what we're really learning about how to interact with our environment, create some proximity protocols and awareness of all this stuff. Our universe is so complex and it's so intricate and beautiful and it's all, everything at once, but it's so simple when you just follow it and you don't play God, you don't, you don't play like, I can control the, <laughs> the weather. That's not true. <laughs> That's not how it's supposed to work. Maybe in one place, but who knows where the side effects of all the other places are going to be as you move that, move that around. Oh, barium's not good for us. Paul, yeah. Paul Check had a great analogy. He's like you're, you're, uh, it's like you've, you've lined up uh, uh, on a pool table. You have a fresh rack, and you're trying to call which, which pocket the eight ball's going to go into, and you're not worried about the rest of the balls off the break. Right. right? Like, what, what are the rest of the balls doing? We have no fucking idea. Where are they going to go? We have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the silica is the one thing that, that uh, we want to have in our system to keep hydrated, keep the fascia hydrated, because you disrupt your fascia. We turn into the glue factory when we're dehydrated. Ibrahim Karim will say our entire environment, the single reason for global warming is not fossil fuels. It's from rollout of EMF. It's designed to destructure our environment. That's straight from him. And so if it's in structure, if it's a destructuring our water, dehydrate our environment, we're gonna see an epidemic, if we already haven't, of dehydrated people and pets and plants. That's big. Yeah, I've been getting into, uh, we had uh, Mario on from Onalema Water, Structure yeah, Water. That's and that was awesome. A, that was a cool, really cool episode. We wanna do some some testing here on the farm where we actually have, you know, field A, field B, and we run side-by-side analysis on growth rate and uh, soil quality and nutrient quality within the food. And we're currently talking to UT Austin and, and Texas A&M to see what, what kind of testing is possible Epic. with that. So I'm pretty, pretty stoked there. Well, the structured water, for everyone who doesn't know about it, structured water has a structure and it flows in a Fibonacci sequence. So what happens is it starts to go in a spiral sequence and that's where it creates that formation that'll look like a honeycomb shape. And that's why the shot that a lot of people got tricked on getting, the graphene in it was shaped like a honeycomb. So it would attach on and just jack people up. And so that's part of it. But the structured water is what we want. If you're drinking dead water with no structure, it's not doing anything for your body. It's not bringing that nutrients and that conductivity that you want and that hydration that your cells need, your mitochondria needs, your hormones, everything needs in your body. Yeah, Gerald Pollack was talking about the honeycomb, the, the, the hexagon, that it can stack layer by layer, almost a quarter inch thick in some circumstances when, there, when you've reached the fourth phase of water on a cell. Quarter inch to a cell is fucking like a skyscraper, right? It's a, it's a very big distance. And at the cell level, we have a negative charge. And at the end of that, we have a positive charge. And what, what he's alluding to is the possibility that we're creating our own batteries through the structuring of water within each cell, that it's its, its own energetic system. Yep. And in addition to that, the mitochondria will produce ATP. But the fact is that the cell is self-powering in a sense that it's creating its own energy. And that's mind-blowing because that kind of turns... Uh, again, everything we've learned about how, how we generate energy on its head, 
And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating. You know, there, it seems to be that there's a never-ending sea of, of knowledge to, to be applied and turned into wisdom, and that's really cool. Much yeah. of it is just remembering the way fucking we, we used to live. Yeah, you know? and a lot of that's thermal dynamics and the interplay between matter and radiation and how that affects our own energy of field of our body. That's a lot of these systems. So if everyone thinks that, you know, or doesn't understand that we're electric beings, you know, how they get the six feet, stay apart. That's where our chi goes out. And I mean, these are, these are known scientific, there's terminology to call that out. The piezoelectric effect of these rocks to, to counter that similar frequency. That's science. That's a real science that we want to let people know that that potential is out there for us to heal and thrive and for nature to help facilitate it. Hell yeah, brother. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff you guys, you, you know, you've mentioned these EMF bags. Talk a bit about how they work and what they're doing. Also talk about, I mean, uh, you sent me out a gift of goodie bags. You've got fucking some phenomenal MCT oil that I've been running. And in addition to that, some really cool soil amendment, some minerals for the soil, which I went out and I, and I put it, I went and put it through the food forest already by as many nice. trees as I could, and I re- realized that a second bag, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna take this to to the parts that I missed, but I'm I'm really excited to see how that works on the land. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we we love the food forest abundance and and uh, getting those going in there, but we we hand mine crystals. So the grounding bags are hand mine crystals from a sister mine. We have uh, white montmorillonite. As a soil amendment, we're rolling out soon. And so, so uh, those are some great uh, products. But these crystals, they're colloid crystals. They have moisture and magnetic properties. So shungite, amethyst, black tourmaline, all the known crystals that have magnetic resonances, they're missing that moisture component. When you combine the moisture with the magnetic, they're exponentially stronger for EMF protection. And... Kyle, the only reason no one knew about it is when you would mine them, they would turn to dust because they would be left out. So we have to seal them, use them as is. This is the number one selling natural EMF protection product sold through doctor clinics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So how would you utilize this? You're talking about, um, you know, tapping on this when you're, you know, at a conference, things like that as a means of grounding. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, having a smaller bag in your pocket with your phone on the outside of that. Talk a bit about some, some of the different applications that you see with this. Yeah, so these ones, the protocols are one on or under your bed. You'll sleep 3 to 50% deeper sleep. Rodney, Dr. Rodney uh, out of uh, Nebraska, he just did a test. His deep sleep went from 45 minutes to 100 minutes for a two-month period. That's not anecdotal. That's a doctor doing a test for two months. Any clinical trial is going to be a day with a few people, like not two months. So this stuff works. Uh, another doc is uh, Dr. Uh, Alphavetic, Dr. Berlando, A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C. Guys, got to check him out. We're going to make that intro. But he did a waveform test, dual impedance antennas. He measured any distortion in your chi or your biofield. He could tell exactly what's wrong with someone from their energy field being distorted. The grounding bags clinically passively treated up to 91% of the markers off on his patient. He's tested multiple products, never seen any EMF protection product do what 
the grounding bags do, Mother Nature does. He's blown away. The lowest percent change was 67% improvement. And that was the youngest person, and her thymus was decharged. And that it, it, active test, we would have recharged her, and then she would have been off the charts because she was the youngest. She was in her tw- late 20s. So these things are just absolutely a blessing. Put one on your bed. You'll sleep way better. If it's not on it, put it under it. Make sure it's touching it, touching the leg of the bed. You can also put it on a desk or a car seat, uh, behind the car seat, underneath it. Uh, five together on the floor of your home, clear 2,000 square feet. Seven, if there's solar, you need seven grounding bags to clear solar because that's in the dirty spectrum. So get a Stetzer electric meter, plug it in the wall. It's about 150 bucks. It'll tell you how many amps to volts, how clean, how much static is in your line. Should be 50 or below in a really super clean house. Average house right now, Kyle, is running over 400 and everyone with solar is eight to 1600. Damn, so if you've got solar, meaning like if you've got, you've got cells on top of your house. They haven't figured out how to ground it. I mean, I, I, I want to find, if someone can tell me how they're grounding it and show me, other than putting filters uh, all through, let me know. Because I haven't tested any. I've been testing homes for about a decade, and I haven't seen any. So that's how you use it for the house. And then... The one big thing that I'm not a fan of at all, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, you're one of the most studied in the house space as well and competed at the highest level. Have you ever read that sitting on a massive battery is good for your health? No. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I mean, who comes up with this stuff? Electric cars are the newest, fattest thing, and everyone has to do them, and they have to drive them. The grid's not even there. They're using fossil fuels to mine. You have to use the grid that they want to reduce the usage on to use the car. You're using coal and cadmium, all these fossil fuels and minerals, precious minerals, to mine it. 18% lower testosterone for guys and girls driving electric cars. It doesn't get more efficient when you drive. It doesn't get lighter. It doesn't get more efficient. It's half as efficient in the cold. Oh, and then when you're in the snow, <laughs> it's half as efficient. And then when it's dead and, and the battery doesn't last more than a decade or so, you're filling up our landfills with acid with dead batteries. This is not a net zero on the environment. This is a massive, massive challenge. We got to reshift this fad. The infrastructure is not there. If If 45% of the U.S. does live in a multifamily type of situation, the infrastructure will never be there to sustain this. So let's just end this now. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the only person I've really do, talked to about this is, is Mike Dillard. And, uh, well, actually, uh, Maruka was one of the first people to mention, and uh, my buddy Aaron Alexander, you know, talking a bit about uh, the EMF issues around electric cars and things like that. If I've got a friend or several that have electric cars, what would be one of the ways in which, you know, is one bag going to do it, putting that behind your seat, something like that? Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's issues there. As far as the environment talk, you know, like that is something that actually for sure needs to be spoken about more um, because we have this idea in our head, this is how we're going to save the environment. It's no different than like thinking you're going to save the, listen to the, I'll, I'll share the podcast that Rob Wolf just did with uh, Paul Check. We're not going to end fucking climate change with, by eating insects and, uh, you know, the, these no. giant uh, 
you know, the, the vertical gardens, you know, that are all done hydroponically and shit like that. We either regenerate the land that sequesters carbon and feeds everything exactly. in a closed loop system, the same way our ancestors did, the same way that's gone on for Ever. since fucking long before humans were here. Or we try some other fad that doesn't work and it fucks us even worse. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, the, the, the talk around, um, there, there's a lot of hype around, you know, the electric car movement and people, you know, really thinking that they're doing the best for the environment. The same way good, good, you know, hearted people think they're doing better by switching over to insects and, and uh, eating fake, you know, beyond meat and shit like that. Nice. I mean, it's, it's in their hearts in the right place, but it's not the move. It's not the uh -huh. way. It's not. You just said the way. It's so simple. There's an abundance. There's an infinite flow in this universe. That is the resonance of the universe. It's infinite. There's enough water. There's enough of everything for everybody. We just want to tap into it. And yeah, for the EMFs on the electric cars, I have clients, they're obsessed with it. They won't give up their Tesla. And I don't know why, because they're some of the brightest minds in what we know, uh, they load up their car. You need seven grounding bags behind the driver's seat to clear that. And that's the resonance that it takes to overpower that massive battery. Oh, did I mention electrical fires? Firemen getting killed from their jaws of life to help save people? So, yeah, it's electricity. It's not a net zero. No, they're damn fun to drive. I'll at least say that. You know, <laughs> I no, like the older cars. No, no shifting of gears. Uh, you just put your foot in it and it fucking snaps so your head funny. back. I will say that they're, they're pretty damn fun to drive. Dude, I can't but, sit in them, man. I can't. I ache. My whole body aches. Like, yeah. that's how strong it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be something you'd know for pretty pretty fucking quickly. Well, let's, I mean, what else have we left off the table here? You know, there's there's a lot of topics we've covered um, your book, Athleticism, really breaks this down fairly systematically, you know, in as far as the approach from different things that we can get to, uh, including some of the, the nervous system stacking you're talking about, you know, where it's like you're on a BOSU ball juggling shit. I can't even imagine myself being able to, to be capable of that. Um, what else have we left off the table that we haven't really d taken a dive on? Well, I think the next step is really understanding how this stuff plays into our freedom and our privacy and our body sovereignty. So the biggest pillar now for our freedom is data harvesting. And we're giving it away at record speeds. You guys go into your phones and shut down all the apps that are open. They have two to 14 trackers tracking every bit of your information at record speeds aggregating it and sending it to AI to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. And so keep in mind, most of these phones are made in the CCP district. That's a Chinese Communist Party district. So they have access to all our information, our dresses, who we voted for, where we live, our bank accounts, our passcodes. They know how fast we drive, our gate, like literally that's what this stuff is learning right now. So the data harvesting off of these phones is one was a huge topic. Yeah, yeah. What's a? Have you read Extreme Privacy? I haven't read. I haven't, that. I haven't even cracked it. I heard it's good, but it's a fucking whopper. It's a giant, giant book. Um, it's kind of yeah. I mean, talk a little bit about that if we're gonna if we're gonna rabbit hole some of those ideas. What are the ways in which we can start to unplug from that? I mean, there's been great thinkers like Cal Newport 
who um, wrote Digital Minimalism, um, fantastic books that have helped reshape my relationship to social media, um, that have been extremely valuable just in that sense alone. Um, but you know, I mean, with with all this shit reporting somewhere, right? Data harvesting, and, and that's that's a huge, that's that's the next wave of the financial sector. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, Understanding that, uh, most of us understand like there there are some pitfalls there, and at the same time, uh, I don't like any phone other than the iPhone. You know, I've got all my Apple gear; they all sync up. There's things like that, right? Like, and and there's even if Elon Musk creates the Pi phone or whatever, that's still you know Elon Musk creating something where he's got you know X amount of fucking satellites going up, and uh, supposedly is a, is the the, the freedom liking man that he thinks he is and portrays he is on Twitter, and um, you know he's also pushing the electric car movement, saying that this is you know the way we end the 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 fossil fuel issue and the climate change issue, and and that obviously was we just alluded to. Is, is maybe not the answer. Um, how do we unplug? How do we start to shift, you know, what this looks like? Because many of us are now wedded to social media for business purposes. Maybe many of us rely on, you know, rely on a podcast and Audible to gather information um, right. and to share the information and the guests that I have on. We're, we're deeply intertwined with technology. Is there a way that we can, we can come into right relation with it? Yes, definitely. And I, I mean... I hired a cybersecurity expert last couple of years diving into the stuff. I got a fully clean Android phone. Uh, all the CCP parts are off. Bought a SIM card through privacy and then used Tello and, and to order it. And so I can talk on Signal or any encrypted app uh, and they can't track or trace or learn from me. There's Jitsi, we can start to use platforms instead of Zoom that are recording everything. There's a lot of ways to slow down this aggregation of information. Our Faraday bags on emfrocks.com are ones that are huge. Throw your phone in your Faraday bag. Right now, mine's on airplane mode, so it's not listening, but we throw it in the Faraday bag, and that'll shut it down as well, so you can still receive a call with it, but they can't harvest that information. This surveillance marketing, Kyle's been going on for 20 years. They're so far ahead of us, it's not even funny. We're like, don't even have a clue what they know and how fast they're grabbing it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's scary at the same time. But it's, it, is, it is where we're at. Um, yeah, I keep thinking about the old movie, They Live. <laughs> with Roddy Piper, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see where where this where this turns out. It certainly appears, you know, if you if you go down the rabbit hole far enough, that there there is at the very least a plan in place from certain people at the top to to create something akin to Brave New World or 1984. And if you if you think about that, you know, like most people listening to this, myself included, three years ago would have been like. No, that's not true, you know, and then you, all people are good people, and um, then, you know, you just pay attention a little bit, you know, it's like, why, why, why were we still working on infrastructure? Why were we still putting up uh, uh, cameras on every traffic light during lockdown? Why did that yeah. not stop? Well, that's considered, a, a, you know, an essential business. It's like, why is it essential? Who, who the fuck voted yes? to put a camera on every streetlight. 
right? Who, who, who said yes? Like, and, I, and I talk about this. The first time I started hearing about it, about smart grids and things like that, I was like, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this seems like it'd be a shit situation 20 years off. And I realized the brand new home that I moved into in South Austin was from a brand new build. Every camera on every streetlight, uh, not traffic lights, just streetlights, camera on fucking every one of them. And initially I thought this is great when I leave my house, you know, my family will be protected. Not that we're under 24-7 surveillance. And then uh, I also realized, you know, they, they gave you a free ring technology, which goes on the front door. And and anything that they give you is also wired. That was wired in. It wasn't wireless, right? So, like, that thing's recording no matter what. It's wired. It's powered on. Whether I use ring service or not, it's still working. It's still a camera on my front door. Um, they gave us a free Alexa. They gave us a free Sonos speaker with a microphone. Everything had fucking microphones and or cameras. And it was just like, that's, that's a part of the deal. That's a part of And it, it, you understand that. You listen to somebody like Catherine Austin Fitz. Or, you know, David Icke, even if you may not uh, agree on, you know, lizard people and shit like that, there's a lot of truth in what they're saying. And Catherine Austin Fitz, I think, is a, is a bit more credible in that she hasn't gone off the rabbit hole, the deep end on certain aspects of what consciousness is or the darkness that, that exists. Um, but she was a part of the Bush administration. She understands the finance inside and out. She understands the play that's been happening uh, from a long-term perspective, perhaps better than most people. And you know, where it's headed without us waking up to what's happening isn't fucking cool. It's not a great, you know, picture. It's, it is dystopian, for lack right. of a better term. And we have more cameras in the U.S. than they do in China. Yep, yep. Right now. And I put my sun visor down whenever I go through one. So if, I, if I'm going through a signal, the sun visor's always down. Ten windows on the side. Not giving my face away. They can see that the car's registered, but, yeah, not me right now. Like, this is... We got to start creating buffers with this stuff. Throw them in the Faraday bag, turn the stuff off. Let's slow down this aggregation of information because these cameras, well, my neighbor got broken into in, in my office uh, facility. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, he has a camera. And the guy fixing his door is like, yeah, he got to watch him break into his place. This is great. <laughs> I'm like, that's all it's good for. But then all that video goes to AI. They're recording every ring. The cybersecurity guy I worked with opened up a Nest, uh, he, their smoke detector one. They had a speaker in it, and it wasn't in the schematics. And he called them on, and they're like, oh, we're just testing it. They're backtracking. Dude, they're listening to every single thing. They have mesh networks through Sono. That they, they, can, they can connect device to device and listen to you and track you, and then know what you're looking at, and then sell you on it. It's so detailed and so specific, and that's why Apple is a tr multi-trillion dollar company. It's, yeah, they sell a ton of product, but it's because of the surveillance marketing. Yeah, a big, big one for people to check out is uh, The Creepy Line on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's about Google. And uh, that was a real eye-opener for me. I think I watched that. 2020 or 2021, Mercola did a great interview on checks where he broke that down, and that was one where it was kind of like, oh, it's kinda, here we are. You know, this isn't yeah. far off, right? Uh, you hear Gates talking about, you know, the ability to spray certain things in the atmosphere and and shift as a means for preventing global warming, and, and, you know, if we all get together and do this, and he's talking about it like it hasn't happened yet. And then you watch The Dimming, which I'll link to in the show notes, still available on YouTube. Uh, and I had that guy on, Dane Wigington, and you're like, oh, this has been happening. 
this has already been happening. This is already okay. in play, right? So there's there's a lot there. Uh, that's that's uh, you know they're hard pills. They're red pills. They're hard pills to swallow. But but the, I think the more we understand, the more we realize like if all this shit's going on what's within my reach to shift, right? I can change my behavior. I can change my relationship with nature. I can change what I put in my body. I can change what I say yes to and what I say no to. And that becomes empowering because it removes the the victim ideology of all this is happening to me. Yeah, definitely. And, and we want to get out of this meta universe. So having the awareness to understand what someone's shoving down your throat with propaganda and broadcast, broadcast, the awake people that is all your audience, my audience, like all the doctor clinics that are treating people all day long, they're preaching and teaching that same methodology. It's to get back, connect above, get grounded, understand how you feel, get the stressors out, understand these messages that are being broadcasted and unlearn from it and take us back to be one with nature. When we can do that, the broadcasting and the EMFs that connect to metals in our bodies or from shots or all the chemtrail stuff they're dropping, they're not going to be able to control us as easily because we have our methylation pathways open. We're detoxing. We're flushing. We're putting in the work. It's never been more important right now to put in the work, to keep healthy. It's a necessity. Getting grounded by nature is a necessity right now. It's not a luxury. It's like create it, do it before you go to work. If you have a work day, do it at lunch. Go touch a tree if you can't take your shoes off. And at night, you're, you're barefoot touching a tree or you're in some body water. You gotta know how you feel and get connected. Yeah, brother, I love that. Well, where can people find you? Where can people get a hold of some of your amazing products? Well, you have a link through emfrocks.com. They can find our curated health products, the lean oil, the MCT oils, and all the others on athleticism.com. Beautiful, brother. And we'll link to your book as well. Dude, it's been awesome. I hope this is the first of many podcasts that we get to run into each other for. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's been incredible getting to, to dive deep into your mastery. I mean, I feel fucking lit from the hour and a half we got to spend together. So I have deep gratitude for you, brother. Oh, Thank you likewise. for coming. I'm honored and privileged. You're a beast and uh, so fun to hang with you. Thank you. <laughs>